0: You are listening to the Hill City Church podcast. Our mission is to become and make disciples who walk with God, connect with people, and impact the world. Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm so glad you're here joining us for today. Wasn't that cool? That that video was produced by Vantage Stories, which my brother and our family pastor, Andrew, leads that and is available for churches like us or anyone else for free. So if you're interested in sharing that video or or watching more resources, you can go to vantagestories.com. And maybe you recognize Mary from the video. It's our very own From Hill City Church, Rachel Fischel. Can we give it up for Rachel? So powerful. I'll just say there are no special effects used. Uh, she actually invited it, it invited for the video us to be able to actually witness her birth story. Uh, playing baby Jesus is their new baby, Nora Jane, so that's cool. And, uh, and I bet you weren't expecting to see amniotic fluid at your Christmas Eve this year. Uh, and yet, there you go. All right. One of the things I think is so powerful about watching that story, that modern retelling of Uh, of Jesus's birth is obviously Jesus was born in another time, in another place, in another culture. He wasn't born in Boise, Idaho in 2021 or anything like that. And yet what it reminds us this Christmas is not only did Jesus enter our world 2000 years ago, but he wants to enter your world today. He wants to enter your life today. And today what I wanna talk about is the impossibility of Christmas, My favorite line from the birth story of Jesus Christ is this line from Luke 130, uh, 137, which says, nothing will be impossible with God. Will you read that verse with me? Nothing will be impossible with God. To be honest, on the surface, it sounds a little bit like a sporting goods commercial, doesn't it? Have you seen a commercial like this one from Adidas? Impossible is nothing. Right, And there's the, these inspiring you know, athletes that are breaking world records or they're overcoming insurmountable odds. In fact, on Adidas' website, they have this line when they explain their slogan, impossible is nothing. We are rebellious optimists driven by action to shape a better future together. And on the surface, that Bible verse, Luke 1.37, sounds very similar to a sporting goods slogan, impossible is nothing, and yet they couldn't be any different. Because when it comes to this, this, this overwhelming optimism, essentially, the line goes something like this, work hard, be positive, and anything you dream will come true. If you can dream it, you can do it. And yet how many of us in our lives, you've been working hard, but you can't undo, you can't outwork the devastating diagnosis that you receive from the doctor? How, how much of the time have you been trying to stay positive but positivity doesn't pay the bills. Positivity alone can't reconcile a broken relationship or heal a broken heart. And that's why the power and the beauty of the gospel is not nothing will be impossible for you. If you can dream it, you can do it. The good news of the gospel is nothing will be impossible with with God. And that's why we need Christmas. We need a savior. And so what I wanna talk about is three impossibilities that we see in the Christmas story. The first impossibility is the impossibility of the incarnation. We have a visual to, to help you remember each one. The impossibility of the incarnation is represented by the manger that we have here on the stage. And the manger is such a beautiful representation. That word incarnation literally means in flesh. And it's this belief that God became man. God took on flesh. It wasn't just a baby lying in a manger. It's the God of the universe. Do you remember who God is? God is all-powerful, all-knowing, creator of everything. I wanna read to you Psalm 113, four through six, which gets us to remember who God is. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? Who is seated on high? Who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? And the answer to who is like our God is no one. No one is like our God. And when you step back and really consider what's going on in the manger, it's it's impossible. God taking on flesh? God lowering himself, humbling himself, God entering into our world. I love what the angel Gabriel said to Joseph, speaking about the importance of this baby that was now in his fiance's womb. When when Joseph was on the brink of divorcing Mary quietly, the angel Gabriel showed up and he said these words in Matthew 1.23, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means, everyone say it, God with us. That's who Jesus is. He is God with us. And when you think about the, the throne room of heaven or the highest you know, heights that God is, and then you think about God covered in blood, covered in amniotic fluid, God having his diaper changed, spitting up after nursing. These are all very real images. We have three young kids at home for me, but maybe you remember those days, right? And it's impossible to think about the incarnation, but nothing will be impossible with God. Now that begs the question, why would God stoop so low? Not only to be born, right? He could have been born to any family. He's the only one who got to pick his parents. Not only could he have been born to a king in a palace, he could have been born at any time in history. And he was born before we discovered electricity. He was born before Babies are Us and all the gadgets and the gizmos. And he was born not only 2,000 years ago, he was born to a peasant family. And that's why the manger is a beautiful picture, not only of the incarnation, but how Jesus entered into our world in an animal's feeding trough, where there was no room in the inn. Why would God stoop so low? Why would God take on flesh? I think there are two main reasons. The first one is, as the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews 4.15, to sympathize with our weaknesses. And that's good news for you, especially if you're someone who's felt like you've been far from God, or maybe that God has been far from you that God actually sympathizes with your struggles, with your weaknesses, with the pain and the suffering that you feel. God did not take on flesh so he could go on a vacation to the earth, to see all the sights, go to Disneyland, right? He entered into our world to suffer and to experience our weaknesses. And then the second reason leads us to the second impossibility of Christmas, and that's the impossibility of salvation. The impossibility of salvation. Salvation is represented not by the manger, but by the cross. And I'm excited to share this cross is actually in the new year going to be our new cross that we're hanging on the wall. Is that exciting? Yeah, that's great. So we have a brand new cross we'll be hanging on the wall as part of our building renovation. Uh, but, But the reality is salvation for you and me to be forgiven of our sins is not something that is possible on our own. And it came up as well in that conversation that Gabriel had with Joseph, where he told Joseph, not only will they call him Emmanuel, but he actually assigned the name. His name will be Jesus, Jesus means God saves. And the angel says, because he will save the people from their sins. It was, was Jesus' destiny, it was his purpose. He was a baby who was born for the purpose of dying one day on the cross. And sin and guilt and shame and brokenness is something that plagues every single human being on planet Earth. We've all felt the effects, we've all felt the badness of sin as a part of our lives. And it's something that we can't just do enough good things to climb out of that pit. We can't just earn our way out or scrub away the bad things that we've done. For us to be saved on our own is something that is impossible the impossibility of salvation. In fact, Jesus was asked by his followers years later during his public ministry when, when the rich young ruler was turned away and he went away sad, the disciples said, well, who can actually be saved? Who can enter into God's kingdom, I want to read you Jesus' response from Luke 18, 26 and 27. And those who heard it said, Then who can be saved? If this really religious, if this really righteous guy, if he is not choosing to enter into the kingdom, who can do it on their own power? This is Jesus' response. But he said, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Almost the same words that the angel Gabriel told Mary. The reality is salvation is an impossibility and yet nothing will be impossible with God. And so Christ's divinity, the fact that Jesus is God in a manger, makes it possible for his death on the cross to atone, to to forgive everyone's sins on planet earth because he's God, he's he's transcendent, he's beyond, he's big enough to do it. It's not a simple one good person for one bad person trade. It's God dying on the cross, but it's Christ's humanity that makes it possible for him to die on a cross because you can't kill God. God is invincible, he's impervious, he's impenetrable, he's invulnerable, but you can kill a God in flesh. And that's why God entered into our world to suffer and to die for the sins of humanity. And today, this Christmas for you, that's the good news of the gospel, you can receive the best Christmas present I guarantee that you will ever receive. Today can be the day that you receive salvation in Jesus Christ. Because Christ Jesus is the Son of God who died for your sins and he rose back to life on the third day and he wants to raise you up into a new life in him. And today can be the day that you receive that good news of the gospel and you by faith believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and you accept him as your Lord and your Savior. And I would just encourage you, if, if today you feel the Spirit moving you and drawing you to that place of faith, to not leave here today without praying or talking with someone. We have members of our prayer team, our hospitality team. You could come and talk to myself, any of our other pastors. In the new year, we have baptisms on January 2nd. And we would have loved for you to consider the step of baptism as a way of starting the the true new year, new you, we've been saying. Not another weight loss program that inevitably doesn't work, but, but, but just a way for you to have a line in the sand moment to say, I believe that Jesus is my Lord, my Savior, and you can actually experience the impossibility of salvation, and that nothing will be impossible with God. And then the third impossibility is the impossibility of hope. The impossibility of hope. And in order uh, to remember the impossibility of hope, we just have the light. We have the candle, Christmas candle up here. And what I love about this image, the symbol of a flame or a light, especially every Christmas, lighting candles, is this this reminder that no matter how dark things get in your life, no matter how bleak things seem in the world, the light of the world has come. The light of the world has come. And that's really this this beautiful promise of hope. And maybe you've been in a place this year, or let's be honest, the last two years, three years, maybe you've been in a place where you've asked those questions, even if you're a follower of Jesus already, you've still felt that hope wavering. Could God really save my family members and bring them to a place of faith? Could God really answer my prayer? Could God really use me for his kingdom again? Could God really reconcile the the broken relationships in my life? Could God really bring about renewal and revival in our day? And there's a character actually in the Christmas story who if you're in that place, you can relate to. It's Elizabeth's husband, Zachariah. He's kind of... Uh, a junior varsity character of the Christmas story. You probably won't see him in any of the nativity sets. He wasn't there at the birth of Christ, but, but he was there with Elizabeth for the birth of John the Baptist. And in this moment, Zachariah was uh, a priest. He was a very religious person. He was a do- devout man of prayer. And in fact, he was going to the temple to offer incense, to offer, a, 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 to offer this, in, this burning of incense in the holy place, when he also met the angel Gabriel. This is what we read about Zechariah in Luke 1:13. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And in this moment, this is about the birth of John the Baptist, we learn that, Je- that Zachariah and Elizabeth had been praying for years, not only years, perhaps decades, that Elizabeth would be able to have a child. And every single prayer, there was no answer. There was silence. And so although Zachariah had prayed this prayer, let's say hundreds, maybe thousands of times throughout his entire life, there in the temple, standing one-on-one with the angel Gabriel, He doubts and he says, how can I know that this will happen? How can I know? And the angel Gabriel says, well, you're talking to an angel. (laughs) And earlier today, I was in the throne room of God and now I'm here, right? And so he kind of of speaks to how silly it is to to doubt in that moment. And, And so he is made to be silent for the nine months of the pregnancy until John the Baptist is born. And yet, Mary asks a similar question, doesn't she? when the angel Gabriel tells her this unlikely way in which she will become pregnant and give birth to the savior of the world, she says, how can this be since I am a virgin? And what we learn here is what Andy Stanley says, there's a difference between questioning God and asking God a question. And Zechariah was was questioning God, And, and, and I want you to hear this if you're in that place of questioning God sincerely, that he was a man of faith, he was a priest, He was a man of prayer, but he was a man who had lost his hope that God would answer his prayers. And the good news of Christmas is however impossible hope might seem for you, the savior of the world has come and he's coming back and God is a God Of hope. And the difference we actually see in in not necessarily Zachariah's response to the angel Gabriel and Mary's, but in fact, in what Elizabeth says about Mary when she comes and visits her in the hill country. In Luke chapter one, verse forty-five, Elizabeth speaking to Mary, said, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed is she who believes. She believes not because it's likely for a virgin to get pregnant. It's impossible for that to happen. She believes not because it's likely for an angel to be standing there talking to her. She believes because she knows the character of God. She believes in the promise to hope again, to pray again, and to know that nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. Amen? Well, we have an opportunity here for us to remember the hope of Christmas through candles, and the ushers are going to come around, and they're going to light someone on the row, and I'll just give you a quick demonstration here. If your candle gets lit, it's, it's up to you to not tilt, this is brand new carpet, by the way. <laughs> just putting that out there. It's like a few weeks old. If your candle has a flame, let your neighbor put their candle to yours. Does that make sense? It just prevents the, the dripping of the physics, all that stuff, okay. And as the ushers come down, you can go ahead and start lighting the candles. We're gonna sing a couple more Christmas songs. And I just wanna remind us of a line from "O oh Holy Night, which is one of the songs that we're going to be able to sing. The line goes like this, a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices. And I think about the state of the world and maybe the state of your world and where life has been the last few years, and it's accurate to say we live in a weary world, don't we? And there's this thrill of hope, and today maybe we can remember this Christmas of the flame representing that the light of the world has come, no matter how dark the night of your world, of this world, or your life is, That Jesus is a thrill of hope. The gospel is a thrill of hope in our lives. So would you stand as we sing these last few Christmas songs? Thanks for tuning in to the Hill City Church Podcast. You can find out more about our church at hillcityboise.org. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Hill City Boise. We hope this teaching has encouraged you and helps you follow Jesus with everything.